Jesus who conquers, who conquered death, who can conquer all. Jesus, you, you're all we need. We call upon your name, Jesus, in times when we're scared. Jesus, we call upon your name in times that we are worried. Jesus, we call upon your, your name on the times that we are hurting. Jesus, we call upon your name when we have to forgive others because you forgave us first. You died so that we could have eternal life. You died for us and we didn't deserve it, Lord, but you did it for us because that's how you love. And we need to learn that from you, God. So that's why we praise you, we worship you because we could never love the way you do. Your perfect, unfailing, unending love for us. And we call upon your name in thanksgiving. We call upon your name with a grateful heart. We call upon your name and thank you for the blessings, for the miracles, things that we forget, we take for granted. The very breath of life that we're breathing right now is from you. That is a miracle. That we're standing right here tonight, that's a miracle. May we never forget where our miracles come from. Tonight, Lord, as we as we pray over our tithes and offerings, Lord, please accept this as our thanksgiving to you. It's a holy moment. It's our worship unto you. And may we just do it with, with open hearts and giving hearts and cheerful hearts and loving hearts because that's how you love us, Lord. So we pray over that. Take it, multiply it, and use it to further your kingdom and reach your children everywhere, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen. Amen. So for our tithes and our offerings, the four ways to give is up on the screen, whether it's in our app or online, or you want to mail it in, you want to bring in an envelope, they're at the back of the sanctuary, you can put it in the black boxes. Other than that, we just want to thank you and we appreciate you and we just love you. Our church family, we love you. And I'm so happy you guys are here. <laughs> I'm such a baby yeah, tonight, but I just, I just wanted to tell you guys that, that we love you guys. We love you, we love you, we love you, and Jesus, more importantly, Jesus loves you. <laughs> so go ahead and show Jesus this love, shaka, high five, hug each other. We love you. So thank you for joining us tonight. So wave hi to shaka somebody. Thank you for being here. It's going to be a fantastic night. Welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad that you're joining us here live in person as well as online. Can we just give it up for the worship team one more time? <laughs> awesome job, guys. Pastor Kat crying up here and making me have emotions. Like, man. Uh, but I hope you guys are all having a great, great week. And uh, before we start, can we just pray? I want to pray because I feel like, um, I don't know, I just... 
feel like the Holy Spirit is telling us to pray. So can we pray? Is that okay? So let's bow our heads. Lord, we just come before you right now, Lord. And Lord, I just, I just, Lord, we just want to, we just want to lift you up right now, Lord. Lord, over every area of our lives, for our relationships, for our families, for our kids, for our workplaces, our schools, our community, Lord. Lord, we lift up your name just as the worship team led us in this evening, Lord, that you are more than enough. And so, Lord, we just, we just want to praise you right now, Lord, just wherever we may be going through, wherever we may be, we just want to highlight you. And so, Lord, we know that you're here, so just continue to pour into us, into our hearts, into our lives, all that you have for us. We love you, Lord, and we pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Whew. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I, uh, how many of you have ever been to Disneyland? Okay, now I get it, because I've only been to Disneyland once. Uh, how many of you have been to, like, the county fair? Okay, I get an even better question. How many of you guys like to go on the rides? Okay, how many of you guys don't like to go on the rides? Okay, well, see, I'm the kind of guy that I like to go on the rides. And I remember... Uh, uh, this this one time, the one time that I went to Disneyland, uh, we went on the rides. I was with a couple of my friends, and then we went on this ride called Space Mountain. Okay, now if you, I, I mean, it's been a while since I kind of vaguely remember. If you've been to Disneyland, you might remember Space Mountain. Space Mountain is just this roller coaster. It's not like a like intense roller coaster, but you get put into the seat and and then it takes you on a journey and there's lights and all this and that and so and so that's not what I'm going to highlight tonight because I've seen videos of Space Mountain I always wanted to go on Space Mountain so when we got there I was all excited I was like yes Space Mountain we're going to go I'm going to ride it I'm going to love it I'm going to have fun and so they put you know like every ride right they got to put the safety mechanism down now they put the safety mechanism down but there's one catch the bug never click so, I mean, it was down, and I'm trying to push it up, but everybody else, all the workers, right, it's just like a county fair, right? They got to come in, right? And if you're a big guy like me, you have an instant uh, moment of losing weight because it just redistributes somewhere else. And so he does that. He, he, he moves our, our, our whatever thing down, the bar down, but it doesn't click. And everybody else is one. The people in front of me, the people behind us, theirs clicked. So a part of me is like, hey, you know, you, you, you know, it should be fine. You know, it should be fine. You know, I'm big. I, you know, I, thank, thankfully I'm big, so I can be stuck already. You know, I can hold on to the bar. But then there's this other part of me that starts uh, remembering all the news stories, like so-and-so fell out of the ride, so-and-so. And I'm like... Huh? Now, like I said, Space Mountain, we're in at nighttime, so you can't actually see. So, as, as all of a sudden, I start having this fear and worry, like, okay, okay, well, let's, let's see how it goes. And the ride starts going. And it starts going faster and faster. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't remember what happened in Space Mountain because I was holding the bar going, Dear Lord, don't let me die! This is not the way I want to go. Hawaii News Now, Loco Brada, gets hurt on the Space Mountain. Why? Because the thing never clicked. 
I was like, no. And then, but there's a, there's a part of me that went, you know what? There's a part where I, after the fear kind of left, because, you know, it was going with the rest of everything else I was going, uh, I, I told myself, try to re, just try to enjoy it. And can I tell you this? It was a weird feeling. Try to enjoy the ride, knowing that, hey, something bad might happen to you. But you're going to try and enjoy it anyway. Because you didn't spend all this money to go to Disneyland not to enjoy yourself. And so I found myself in that ride uh, uh, towards, the end, <laughs> towards the end of it, kind of trying to relax, just trying to, believing that everything was going to be all right. And sure enough, we get, to the, we get to the end of the ride, and I'm looking at my friends, and I'm like, the thing wasn't, <laughs> as soon as we get there, I feel, oh, the thing was loose. <laughs> and, and so we get there, and I'm like, ah, oh, the, the, the thing never clicked. And the best part is when the workers exhibit fear in their eyes. <laughs> like I told them, oh, the, the thing never clicked. Oh, sorry, bro, sorry about that. Enjoy your time in Disneyland. Like, <laughs> what you what you know that you're not telling me? But here's what I want to get to tonight. We're going to talk about don't stop believing. Because here's the thing: life is filled, life is filled with ups and downs. And and the funny thing is, the Bible is filled with testimonies. The Bible is filled with testimonies of men and women who faced obstacles and challenges, experienced loss and pain, and witnessed failure and defeat. But they didn't let them circumstance or situation stop them from seeking the Lord and his will for their lives. And in the same way, even though through our journey in life is often filled with ups and downs, twists and turns, what matters the most is that we don't stop believing in who God is and who he's calling us to be. See, Hebrews 11.1 1 says it like this, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So tonight, we're going to talk about not just the concept of faith, but how it directly impacts you and I, our relationship with the Lord and the rest of our lives. And so if you're taking notes in our app, or if you just want to jot some stuff down, the first thing is this. I want you to know this. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. A couple, uh, couple years ago, uh, actually during the, during the pandemic, we bought a, a drawer shelf thingamajiggy for our kids. And so, uh, if you don't know, I have no idea how to build things. Okay? I don't know how to wreck things. But I don't know how to build things. So we bought this, this drawer shelf from Target. And so I put, I'm, I'm going in the room and I open the box and I throw, them, I throw all the stuff out. And I'm like, okay, what do I need? I need a screwdriver. I need this. I need that. Okay, okay, we got it. And so I start building it. And I'm like, okay, I just, that just looks like it fits. Okay, good. Uh, okay, okay, good. Uh, and then my wife, Katie, comes in the room. She's like, what are you doing? I'm putting together the, the drawer thing that we bought for the girls and for their room. And she's like, do you even know what you're doing? Yeah, I'm building the shelf thing for the girls. And she's like, where's the instructions? Now, I felt offended. Because I was like, do you know who I am? I see the picture. I see the, I see the pieces. I went to YKL, so, you know, hey. I, I can figure this out. I can figure this out. 
And so I'm putting it together, and she's just laughing at me because she's like, that doesn't look like it fits there. That doesn't look like it belongs there. And I'm like, just go outside. So after another 30 minutes of me not putting it together, she comes back into the room, and I'm like, yeah, I think they didn't mess up Target. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? Because get these pieces that I don't know where they go. I don't think they belong anywhere in this thing. She's like, babe, you need to look at the instructions. And sure enough, when I looked at the instructions, I had it all wrong. I had to take it apart, and because of the instructions, put it back together the right way. What would have took maybe an hour took me three in the hot sun in my kid's room all because I didn't look at the instructions. See, God has a plan for our lives. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And I'm so grateful that God's not like me where he just, oh, I'm going to just put them together. But the cool thing is if God did that, it would still turn out awesome. See, God didn't just come up with an idea of who you are. He has a plan for our very lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Now get this, not only does he have plans for us, but what kind of plans? Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You know, when you look throughout the entire Bible, there are so many people throughout the Bible that didn't know what their plan for life was. All they knew was that God had a plan for them. And one of the best examples of this is a man named Abraham. See, Abraham, whose original name was Abram, didn't know what the plan was. Only that God had called him to pack up and leave his home country. His wife, Sarah, who was actually known as Sarai, didn't know what was going to happen, only that God had promised to do the impossible and bless her with a child, even though she was old and barren. They didn't know that the plan God had for them wouldn't just change their names and not just change their lives, but bring about God's plan to establish his own nation and people. We might not know what God's plan for our lives are, but he does. You might be wondering, with all that's going on in my life, is there even still a plan for me? Yeah. If you're taking a breath, God still has a plan for you. See, God's plan doesn't come without the challenges. In fact, most times it leads a smack dab right in the middle, which is where we also find Abraham and his son Isaac. Isaac was his one and only son that was the promised child that God said to Sarah, that even though she was old and barren, you're going to have a son. In Genesis 22, God tells Abraham to sacrifice his one and only son Isaac. Can you imagine that? Abraham gets told by God, hey, I, I want you to take your son and I want you to sacrifice him to me. 
as heartbroken as it must have been for Abraham, he knows that while he doesn't know the plan, he has faith in God's plan. And so he takes his son Isaac up to the up to where they're going to sacrifice, and Isaac is asking him, "Hey, Dad, where's the where's the sacrifice to the Lord?" All the time, Abraham knows it's you, son. He doesn't tell him. He puts him on the place where the, the altar where he's going to sacrifice, and he ties his son up, and and he actually brings out a knife, and he drops the knife, and as soon as the knife, right before the knife hits Isaac. The Lord speaks. And in it, God sees Abraham's faith. See, in the end, God steps in. He saves Isaac and firmly enacts his plan that he had for Abraham all along. The promise that through Abraham, God would establish his nation and his people. You see, the thing is, you and I have plans for our lives. But God has a plan also. And I cannot tell you how many times I, I experienced the fact that I had plans for my life, but God's plans was way better. I always joke about, my, I always joke about with Katie that uh, had I gone to work on the cruise ship, I would have never stayed, I would have never got, uh, got to know her, would never have a relationship with her, would never get married, wouldn't have our five kids, wouldn't be here. There's many times where I look at it where there's times where I was going to leave I was going to go somewhere else or do something else. And I kept going, okay, Lord, I want to do this. 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 No, no, no. I want to do this. No, I want to do that. No, I want to do this. And God said, you want to, but is it what I'm asking you to do? And I'm so grateful that there are times where I did my own thing and I failed miserably and God said, okay, well, good job. You did your way. How's about we do my plan? And I'm so grateful for it because everything along God's plan, I'm not going to tell you it was easy because it wasn't. There wasn't always sunshines and rainbows and unicorns and cotton candy and Skittles falling off from the rainbow. There was hard times. But hard times with the Lord is far greater than any great time without him. There's a plan for your life. God has it. In fact, Proverbs 19, 21 says it like this, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So not only does God have a plan for you, but the second thing is this, God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. I remember, this, uh, I remember in seventh grade, I think it was seventh grade, uh, it was like towards the beginning of school and we were bringing our school supplies to class and all that. And so we're waiting uh, for class to start. And, you know, being seven or eight boys, we, wanted, you know, we don't want to just sit in front of the class. We wanted to do stuff. And so we're running, playing tag and whatnot. And then somebody's like, yeah, let's play football. And we're like, yeah, let's play football. Who has the football? Again, we're in seventh grade. Nobody brought a football. And we're like, let's play football. And so one of our friends was like, well, I have this. And he brings out of his backpack one paper towel roll. And he's like, hey, hey, I mean, we can use this. And so you would think that, no, we're not gonna, you're not gonna use a paper towel roll to play football. No, we are seventh grade boys. We watched little giants that use toilet paper as the football. So yeah, we use the paper towel roll. I remember we were having so much fun just throwing all around and we we're playing football. Like it was an actual football. This paper towel roll was an actual football. 
The only thing was the paper towel roll, the, the, the packaging started to open. So now the packaging opens, so we're like, okay, throw it. And so pieces of the toilet paper start unrolling. And then, and then we're like, you know, just take it off, just throw it. And so now we're throwing it, not in the package, and as it's throwing, it's, as it's spiraling, all the paper towel is going with it, and it's just making a mess. And finally, one of the teachers was like, what are you guys doing? And so at the end of it, we grabbed all the unrolled toilet paper and like tried to put it back in our friend's backpack and went to class. Now, this, this friend of ours was in, my, was in the same class, uh, our first class, and so we get, to the, we get to the teacher, and the teacher starts yelling at him. Like, what are you doing? What, what is this? <laughs> it didn't help my friend. I was like, oh, here, miss. The, here's the paper towel roll I was going to give you for class. <laughs> and she's like, what are, you, what are you doing? Like, you cannot, like, it's all dirty. Look at dirt. You get footprints on top, and, and it's all unrolled, and it's not clean. You cannot. And so she says to him, she says, you, that's not good enough. You, you're going to have to throw it away, and you're going to have to bring another paper towel roll tomorrow. Now, me and my friends are laughing because we're like, <laughs> that was so much fun. They like, look at him. He's getting busted. And then all of a sudden, we heard our friend say this. But, miss, I, I don't, I don't more any more paper towel rolls at home. That was, my, that was our last one. My mom told me, bring them to school for our school supply list. She was like, well, you're going to have to tell your mom that you got to go get another one. And then our friend said this, but miss, me and our family, we don't want much, much money. And then all our laughter kind of stopped. Like, oh, man. He brought that paper towel roll to school for a reason. We wanted to have fun, so we kind of took it for our own reasoning. But now our friend's in trouble. And now he has to go back home and tell his mom what happened. And he's probably going to get scolded at home. So the next day, so he, and he started crying, and, and I was like, we really felt bad. And so the next day, one of our friends actually brought a paper towel roll for him. I said, here, miss, this is the kind of paper towel roll. Sorry about yesterday. We never mean for big mess and, you know, use them. But, yeah, we just want to pay it back. And what I realized is this, is that, yes, one paper towel roll can be used as on football. That's not the purpose of it. For our friend in that moment, he didn't need a football. He needed a paper towel roll with the teacher. He needed a paper towel roll to make sure that uh, his school supply list was, was covered. You see, you and I were created with purpose for a purpose. Can I say that again? You and I were created with purpose. Like you and I were purposely created, but also for a purpose. Now, we can question, what is our purpose? We can also be confident, thinking that we know our purpose. We also live in a world that loves to exploit our purpose for its own gain. However, the answer of our true purpose is not found in the ways of the world, but rather found in and through God. 1 John 2, 15 to 17 says it like this, Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live 
forever. You see, we live in a world that constantly tries to tell us that our purpose is self-focused. It's self-wanting. It's self-pleasing. But that's also why there's so many rich and famous people out there that feel empty and lost. It's because their purpose is tied to something that's going to fade away. Their purpose is tied to the world. And the Lord says, listen, the world is going to fade away. They're missing out on the purpose that God has for them. You know, there's a person in the Bible that we see this take place in and who learns from this. We see this dynamic in the life of Saul the Pharisee. He thought his purpose was to know the laws of Moses, to be amongst the chief religious leaders, and persecute the followers of Jesus. Yet after encountering Jesus, Saul, who became Paul, realized that his purpose was not about the acts of service to God, but actually serving God. Paul discovered that his true purpose was all about honoring the Lord as he engaged in a relationship with God through Jesus. Paul untied his purpose from something that would eventually disappear, that legalistic, religious, self-boasting world, and tied it unto the ser- tied it unto serving the eternal God, producing a legacy that you and I are a part of even today. Romans 8:28 and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Where are we tying our purpose to? Are we tying it to the world that is going to fade away? Or are we tying it to Jesus who is eternal? See, you and I have a purpose. You and I have a purpose, but the thing is, We get often told by the world, no, no, but your purpose is this, your purpose is that, your purpose is this, your purpose is that. There's so many things, like, I I realize if you're gifted and talented, you think, you can think that your purpose is, is all to do all these things, but maybe, just maybe, God is saying, instead of doing all these things, he wants you to do this for him. I said this before, when I was in high school, uh, I had dreamed to go to Oregon, I dreamt to go to Oregon or California. I wanted to go to the Art Institute because I wanted to get involved in, like, Hollywood. I wanted to get involved in music. I wanted to get involved in making movies and directing, uh, writing scripts and all these things. I also wanted to open up my own restaurant and just, do the, just have a place where people could come eat and just be fed and, and do all these things. I never once thought in my life I was going to be on pastor. But apparently God had different plans and had a purpose for my life. And here's the craziest part. I tell people this. I, tell, I used to tell you all the time, especially as they're getting ready to graduate, is that you can have dreams, you can have goals for your life, but don't forget you have a purpose for it as well. That I thought, oh, I was going to be, I was going to make it in Hollywood. I was going to do all these things. And none of that came to, to bear fruit. I never did make movies. But Years ago, I got to write plays for this church that people raised their hands to receive Jesus because of it. I never, I never made it, you know, I never made it big in music, but it is such a joy to worship the Lord together and just praising his name. 
See, you have a purpose. And if you tie it to the Lord, that's the part I love about when I see Saul who became Paul. He took his purpose that was tied on something that was going to fade away. He took it off and he tied it to something eternal, which created an eternal legacy that even today, over 2,000 years later, we're here. We're a part of it. You have a purpose. We have a purpose. So many people focus on trying to find their plans and purpose for life that they miss out on the one who gives them life. And so the third thing is this, the last thing for tonight is this, don't stop pursuing God. Don't stop pursuing God. Don't stop pursuing God. If you're married, try to think back to when you, you and your wife were first dating, that pursuit. Like I remember when me and Katie were first dating and we were pursuing each other. That was interesting. And then we got married. And then we continued to pursue each other. I remember we do crazy things. And just the other, uh, and then we had kids. And then I was like, okay, well, now we have kids. We've got to stop the pursuit. But somehow, somewhere in, in it, we found fun ways to still pursue each other. Like I think Valentine's Day, we always make it a joke that here we are, McDonald's. Yes! Like we do, we do all this fun stuff. Like, like I look at it, if I stopped pursuing Katie, even though after I married her, I wouldn't be having such a great marriage. But because I'm pursuing Katie, and sometimes in that pursuit, I get cracks. <laughs> but in that pursuit of Katie, it keeps the marriage going. It keeps the relationship going. And in the same way, if we stop pursuing God, how is that relationship going to continue to grow? It's not. In fact, what happens a lot of times is this, is that it's easy for us to get complacent in our relationships, including our relationship with God. See, we can start our relationship with God. We can be all on fire for God. We can be like, yes, Lord, yes, I said yes to you. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to serve. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to read my Bible 25, 8. You're going to create a whole other hour and a whole other day because that's how much you're going to fire for the Lord. Right? You can come to church every single day, even though the church is closed. You can walk through the gate. You're all on fire for the Lord, and that's great. We can start a relationship. But if there's not a pursuit for Jesus in our hearts, that zeal will quickly fade away. See, we can have a relationship with God and yet not be growing in it. Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. You see, King David saw this take place from when he was a shepherd boy tending to his father's sheep. David had a relationship with, had a relationship with God that took him from the fields and the pasture and into the monarchy. Throughout his life, as he pursued the Lord, David experienced times of peace and prosperity as well as despair and fear. And if you don't believe me, just read Psalms. But there comes a moment where David finds himself complacent in his relationship with the Lord. And he actually stops pursuing God. And this actually leads to him committing a sin and having to deal with the consequences for his actions. 
And if I can be honest, I think sometimes that's where we find ourselves. We get complacent. We stop pursuing God. And then something happens. And what happens is we think the shame and the sin and with all that baggage, we can't pursue God anymore. But can I tell you what David does? See, the most important part of David's life was the moment that David chose to repent and ask for forgiveness. And then he comes back and pursues God again. You see, just like David, we will often find ourselves dealing with our faith being tested and experiencing both success and failures along the way. But it's in our pursuit of our relationship with Jesus in those moments that grows our faith. You see, we talk about how Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what I'm so grateful about that scripture is that although he's the same, he continues to grow and grow and grow in us more and more and more as we pursue him. I remember when I first came to church as a junior in high school, and my faith back then was nowhere near the faith I have now. Why? Because in that 20 years of having faith in Jesus, there was battles, there was victories, there was defeats, there were tragedies, there were times of joy, despair, peace, and everything else. I changed because he stayed the same. And he continued to say, listen, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever, but you're going to be the one that changes because in this relationship, I'm going to make you better. I cannot make God any better. He's God. But I can trust in him that he's going to continue to transform me from glory to glory. And if he does that with me, he can do that with all of us. I am perfect. Long from it, ask my wife. But in the, Lord, in the eyes of the Lord, I don't have to be. He sees it growing. First Chronicles 16, 10 to 11 says, Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Life will always have its ups and downs. But no matter what the circumstances or situations, God has a plan for your life. He has a purpose for you. So keep pursuing the Lord on this journey that we call life. Before we end, there's a video I'm gonna I want to share with those of you who are here live. For those who are online, just want to let you know that because of copyright issues, we're going to have to not have this part of our broadcast, but we'll have a link in the chat that you can go ahead and view it later on on YouTube. But it's a story of a man who realized that God has a plan for his life. God has a purpose for his life. And he has to stop. He, he just has to not stop pursuing the Lord on this journey that, of his life. 
And out of it, oh, take a look.
today, we talked about how God has a plan for you. That God has a purpose for you. It doesn't matter what may have been happening in your life or where you've been or what's been done to you. It doesn't matter if you're just starting out on your faith or if you've been in it for a while. It doesn't matter if you're a small town boy or a small town girl. All that matters is that we realize that when it comes to our faith in God, we can lean on him knowing that he knows what he's doing because he's God. So don't stop believing, amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we come before you right now, Lord, and Lord, we're just so, so grateful for who you are. That Lord, through our journey in life, through its ups and downs, victories and defeat, laughs and pain, the one thing that remains is you. That you are still God. And Lord, you still have a plan for us. That you have a purpose that's eternal for each and every one of us. And that Lord, you're calling us to continue to pursue after you. Because the truth is, Lord, you continually pursue after us. That's why you sent Jesus. Jesus was you pursuing us because you love us because you care for us and because you believe in us so Lord I pray that whether for those who are maybe just starting out in your relationship with you or maybe for those who have been through the years help us not to be complacent Help us not to forget that you are still God and you still know everything. You're the one that we can trust. You're the one that we can put our hope and faith into because you love us. So Lord, we're never gonna stop believing you. Thank you for being our God. We love you, we praise you, and we pray this all in Jesus' name and we all said, amen. Don't forget, he has a plan and purpose for you. Continue to pursue him. We'll see you guys Sunday morning, 7, 8.30, and 10 a.m. or next week, Wednesday. Take care, everybody. God bless and aloha.